up, everybody? Welcome into the Bears Illustrated Podcast. I'm Garrett. He's Perday, and we have a lot of fun lined up for you today on to this episode. We're going to get into the NBA draft. Perday, a couple of uh, Baylor guys yesterday announced uh, that they're going to be putting their names in the NBA draft and foregoing next year for Baylor. Uh, we're coming up in segment two. We will take a look at Baylor's Pro Day. Uh, you had a lot of representatives from teams not only in the NFL, uh, but the CFL as well as the XFL out there yesterday. putting eyes on uh, the Baylor prospects, which was is really great environment, great atmosphere. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit later as well. And then in the final segment, we will talk Final Four uh, and look ahead at our projections and everything. But, you know, Pernay, let's, let's get right into it. I, I think that for me, I think we kind of expected to see one or two of these guys hit the hit, hit, put their name in the NBA draft. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about Kendall Brown, uh, freshman sensation, as well as the other freshman, Jeremy Sohan. Sohan has still held out. We haven't seen anything come out from his camp yet. Uh, but Kendall Brown yesterday announces that he's going to enter the NBA draft. Uh, what were your overall thoughts on that? And do you would you have liked to seen Kendall come back for another season? Yeah, quick note on Sohan. He did post on Kendall Brown's Instagram post something like, oh, you're leaving me? So I'm hoping that opens the door slightly for him coming back, but still not sure about him. With Kendall Brown, I I wasn't sure whether he was going to come back. And I think it's it's kind of tough to, to say whether it was the right decision or not because it kind of splits into two separate questions. The first thing is whether he made the right decision for his goals. And I think the answer to that is yes. Even before the season, during an interview, he was asked what success looks like to him, and the first words to come out of his mouth were, taking care of my family. So because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if Kendall Brown had kind of decided before the season that he'd be going to the NBA as long as he was projected as a first-round pick. And from that perspective, it's pretty clear he made the right decision. If he comes back to Baylor, there's injury risk, which we saw play out time and time again, um, and that could have affected his decision as well, just seeing all the players that got hurt this year. Um, but that said, Kendall's decision not to return to Baylor for another year probably affects how much he develops and maybe lowers his ceiling a little bit because returning to Baylor likely would have given him his best opportunity to develop the confidence as one of the primary scorers and go-to guys on offense, which seemed to be lacking. Still, I think I think that his longevity is fine because I think that he has the defensive talent and the ability to play both on-ball and off-ball defense in the NBA. Um, And in the NBA, if you're playing defense well, there's always going to be a spot for you in the league. So because of that, I think he'll be a a solid contributor for a long time in the league. That's an interesting perspective because I was kind of concerned. When I looked at Kendall, I thought that it was more so from the development aspect of on the the offensive end because when you look early on in the season – um, he was lights out. I mean, he was, you know, making play after play. And I understand that when you're playing early on, the competition usually isn't as high as it was, or the stakes aren't nearly as high at, anyway as they are later in the year. Because, I mean, when you look early on, they played Villanova. You know, you, you went to the tournaments. Uh, you, you saw some good teams, Oregon and them. So I, I understand he saw some competition. But I think mm-hmm. the more film – 
that was put out on Kindle from uh, it allowed teams to catch up to him and figure out ways to guard him, which kind of went, went on to some of the the number drops that we saw later in the year. Uh, but at the same time, there was a lot of times, even in the tournament, you know, you can go to that North Carolina game where they really needed him and he had six points, right? And there was a lot of time in in big situations where he would get the ball in his hand, and it was most of the, it was a lot of the time on the perimeter, and he would be apprehensive to shoot uh, that was my one real concern but so you're and if i'm hearing you right you think that his development and what he was able to do on the defensive end is overcompensating that for nba teams looking at him yeah i think that the ability that he has on defense is going to be what leads to him spending a lot of time in the nba and being able to be there for a number of years i think that i agree with you on the offensive side he has a lot of stuff to develop there, not athleticism or skills wise, because he has all the tools, but it's just about putting it all together. And sometimes he tries to look for the right play too much. I think instead of going and using his talent to take the ball to the rack or to, to take the shots that he can make. So that's where coming back to Baylor would have helped him develop more because he would have gotten more of an opportunity to play more minutes and be one of the primary offensive players. So that might lower his offensive ceiling a bit. Unless he goes to a team like the Spurs or something. Like he said yesterday, that is the guy he looks up to is Kawhi Leonard. Oh, and yeah. what do we know about Kawhi? He came in as a defensive player with offensive talent, but he hadn't put it all together. And Kendall's kind of the same way. So if he goes to a team like that who has the development staff, then I think he can turn into a really good player. That's a really good point. And look, that's not a bad role model to have. You know, we, no. we know, you know that's a hell of a role model to have uh, in Kawhi. Uh, as far as Akinjo, I feel like this is – we all knew this was coming. Uh, you know, he 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 really played out all of his time in college anyway. Uh, but this is a guy who's bounced around. Uh, he's You know, he's seen competition in – three different leagues. Uh, so he's got a good idea of, of what to expect from a defensive standpoint. When I watch him, he was a really great facilitator. I, I thought like from a true point guard perspective of getting everyone involved, uh, his court vision was second to none. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but for me, and he could, he could drive. And that's, that's a, a thing that I think will benefit him in the league is it's kind of like what you see with Davion and he's not near as good as Davion. Don't get me wrong when I'm, no. I'm saying that, but when you see Davion, he's not scared to attack the rim like he you know it doesn't matter how much bigger those guys are you down there yeah I mean he's going in and I think James has that same kind of killer mentality but it, when you look at him as a whole what are some of the things once he hits the league do you think teams are really going to try to develop and get more out of him so I think one of the things is he's he plays kind of like Russell Westbrook he goes all out and sometimes that's to his detriment I think teams are going to try to make him calm down and maybe sometimes make the right basketball play as opposed to Kendall Brown, maybe like instead of trying to take it to the hoop every time or come up with something crazy, give it off to one of his fellow guards or his fellow players or, or facilitate the offense because he has the ability to facilitate the offense. Sometimes he just gets erratic. Um, defensively, I think mean, he's also really good. He's like a pit bull on defense, kind of like <laughs> yeah. Kyle Lowry. So that side, he's good, but it's mostly just kind of calming things down, in my opinion. So, what, like for me, I think you look at this roster right now. Um, Matthew Meyer's not going to come back. I feel like Flo will come back. We don't know that yet, but I, I feel like he will take advantage of that super senior opportunity. Uh, you're still going to have LJ Cryer. Uh, Langston Love will be back healthy. At Flagler, I'm assuming, is coming back. 
I, I don't think that he's necessarily ready for the league. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing I don't think he's, that. he's ready for the league either. So what do you think it, right now, how confident are you in this team? Just And I know that we're looking way far ahead, and we don't know what's going to happen. Keontae George is going to come in off the from recruiting. Uh, mm-hmm. we don't, I'm assuming that they will look in the transfer portal and bring on some guys. Um, you have the coaching change. Uh, you're bringing on Tweety Carter. There's just a lot of movement around this program right now. How important do you think this is going to be this off season and going into next year um, to keep this on track, uh, you know, th- this continued success that we've seen over the past few years. I don't doubt that Scotcher will know what to do to keep this program ticking and keep this continued success going. I think that the team will be good next year, but the question is just, are they going to be a great team again? And I think that what Akinjo leaving does is, create a hole at the point guard position right now it'd be dale bonner starting and last year he wasn't ready to be playing a lot of minutes he might take that massive jump like some a guy like freddie gillespie did his senior year but we're gonna i think the biggest thing right now is to either bring in a grad transfer point guard or develop dale bonner um because we have a bunch of guards coming in but i think most of them are more of two guards than they are point guards that's a really good point. That's a really good point. It's going to be interesting to see. I think this is going to be one of the more, um, I guess, the right way to put it, more intriguing off seasons. I think it's so important. We're going to learn a lot about this staff. We're going to learn about a lot about Coach Drew in this offseason. So I'm looking forward to it. But let's make the transition here from one set of guys headed to the pros to another set of guys headed to the pros. Baylor football held their pro day yesterday on the banks of the Brazos. We're going to get into that next here on the Bears Illustrated podcast. Welcome back into the Bears Illustrated podcast. Garrett and Pernay here with you. And Pernay, man, yesterday Baylor holds their pro day. You have fifty over 50 scouts uh, on hand to watch these guys. You had 31 representatives of the 32 NFL teams out there. They didn't want to say who that team was. All I'm going to say is I didn't see any burgundy in sight, so you can put what you want with that. Um, but you had some uh, the CFL guys out there. You had a guy out there from the the Eskimos, the Edmonton Eskimos, rocking his shirt, looking clean. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, man. You had a great opportunity for the guys to come out and showcase their skills. Uh, you had the one interesting factor was. Was John Lovett come back? You know, this is a guy, and and he was fully embraced. When I say he come back, it wasn't like any animosity. The guys were really excited to see him. You know, and I hated to see him leave this year. I thought he would have been really great in this offensive scheme. He would have been a great back to add with Ebner and with mm-hmm. Abram Smith. You know, but unfortunately, he made the decision. He hit the portal. He went to Penn State. Things didn't work out. So it was a great opportunity for him to come back, let the scouts see him in person, put some. Work Workout on the on because uh, he doesn't really have much film, you know, and but it was interesting to see Jalen Petrie man had one of the best pro days that you could ask for, uh, and I don't think that's really any shocker when when you when I look at the guys coming out, Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard were really the headliners for me of, of guys who more than likely will go on to have good careers in the NFL. What are your thoughts on those two guys, and are there any other? people coming out that you're intrigued about uh, looking forward? 
Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to see Jalen Petrie play in the NFL. I think that he's definitely one of the top two safeties along with Kyle Hamilton in this draft. And he he could give Kyle Hamilton a run for being the best safety because he's very versatile. He's always around the ball. He's just a ball hawk. He knows where to be. He's a playmaker and he's a leader. I just think he has all all the talent and all the traits that you need to be a good safety in the NFL. Um, one guy that I'm really intrigued by is Tyquan Thornton. I think yes. that he's going to be really good in the league. If you look at his measurables, he ran a 4-2-8 40-yard dash. And I, I, I look at him kind of like Tyree Kill. We can compare him a little bit. Tyree Kill had a 4-2-9 40-yard dash. Tyquan Thornton had like a 131 broad jump, which shows his explosiveness. And Tyree Kill had like a 129, which – and Tyree Kill might be the most explosive player in the league. Thornton also has like five inches on Tyreek Hill, but he also has that great body position. If you watch his game film, he he's able to position himself even when he's covered to make catches that look difficult. And even if the ball's thrown not in the right spot, he puts his body in the right spot to make the catch. Um, and then Tyreek Hill's not the greatest jump ball receiver, which Taekwon wasn't much of in the league. I mean, in college, but he has the height to possibly develop into that in the league. Um, and he's also a good route runner. Um, his route running ability is underrated. His hands are underrated. I, I'm really high on Taekwon Thornton. What about you? Is there anyone that jumps to mind? Uh, I think for for Taekwon is definitely interesting. I, I think he's got a lot of potential. I mean, we've seen receivers come out of Baylor in the past, you know, and have some success in the league. But man, I remember when he was being recruited, just covering him in Florida. That dude was a, a freak of nature. I mean, and, and he's developed. I feel like he kind of. And when I say that he's when I say he slowly developed, I mean he did it behind elite receivers, waiting his turn, learning, not I'm not getting the reps, I'm bolting hitting the portal. This is a guy who realized he was learning from, you know, Denzel Mims. He was he was learning from these guys. And I think that really benefited him. Last year was a breakout season. I think that his connection with Gary Bohannon from once they hit campus, those guys were working nonstop, like behind the scenes before either one of them were ever getting reps with the team. You know, they're working together and building their chemistry. And that just kind of exploded last year on the field. I think it was the best thing possible for Taekwon. And, you know, I think teams would have looked at him regardless, but last year really put him on the map. And he really looked excellent yesterday. I mean, he, he nailed his 40 time. He nailed all of the drills, uh, Gary was dropping him dimes, but he was making catch after catch. He really got some good attention out there. And another guy that really caught my eye yesterday was Kalen Barnes. And I don't think this should come as any surprise to any of us who've watched him, especially after what he did at the combine, right? When he run that 4-2, whatever it was, and it's got everybody – he broke the internet, man. Like He literally broke the internet. But he had an interesting – uh, a quote yesterday. He said that he wanted to come out and prove that he was not just a speed guy. Like he wanted to show that he's an all-around ball player. He has he's intelligent. He knows all the routes. He knows how to play defense. He knows how to play offense. I think he's going to play receiver in the league. Uh, but he wanted to show his hands as well. And he made a catch right in front of me yesterday, uh, where it was yeah. it was perfectly. He had to go up for it. He got both feet in. I mean, it looked it was a perfect catch. If you're a scout, what you want to see. Um, so that's a player. I'm interested in seeing as well. Uh, but man, him, Trusted Ebner, and Jalen Petrie really shined yesterday at Pro Day. Another name that 
I'm thinking of who wasn't part of Pro Day, but who will be a big factor in Baylor's season next year is Jerry Bohannon. And I think Tyquan Thornton had a had a very interesting quote about Jerry. He said that the work they've been putting in in the weight room has been showing. He said Jerry's arm looks a lot stronger, and it was really easy for Jerry to make those deep balls, to throw those deep balls at Pro Day. And I think that's, that's huge for Baylor because – that kind of turns him to a complete quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that was, to me, when, when I look at him last year, that was my only real concern was, uh, well, there was a couple of concerns. I felt like he locked in on Taekwon way too much. Uh, there were a lot of times where R.J. Sneed would be open down the field, but I think this goes hand in hand because he wasn't comfortable making those long throws. Uh, he, he just wasn't that accurate on his deep ball, and I think he yeah. understands that. He recognizes that, and he also realized that's one of Blake Shapin's pluses. Blake Shapin can hit you on a deep ball, so if he wants to hold on to that spot – and it's a great competition. It's a great problem to have, you know, with him battling out with shaping, but he's got to improve on that. And I think he's really locked in. Um, the strength definitely goes a long way in that. And you remember, what was it, like two or three weeks ago, uh, he had the the video of him squatting like over 700 pounds. It was just absurd, yeah. you know, and, and he was. He was out there dropping dimes yesterday, and he made everybody look good. He made Caleb Barnes some money. He made Tyquan Thornton some money. And he's eventually more than likely going to make himself some money. But that's that's a really good point. I think that, and that's the stuff that scouts are going to notice too, is even though they're not necessarily watching him at this moment, they're watching him for the future. Yeah, very true. And we'll, we'll likely see him enter the draft this year, I think, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And if he does develop his depot and stay consistent with that throughout the season, he probably turns into a, a maybe a third round pick if he can still be great with his legs and improve his accuracy a little bit. Yeah, I think and that was that was the thing, his accuracy. There was sometimes across the middle where he'd be throwing behind guys. And I think that when you have, you know, Ben Sims and your Drake Dabney's those those big, you know, tight ends that make you look good, that can make these circus catches. Um I think that helps. Um and I feel like he needs especially when they got into the red zone, I think he was so confident in his legs that there was a lot of times he would necessarily want to run instead of throw in that situation. I don't blame him. I mean, you're athletic as hell. You're big. But I think that's some of the things he needs to tighten up. Uh, and I think that's some of the things we're going to see with him this year as far as his development. Yeah, and that deep ball, like getting that arm strength and being able to throw the deep ball, I think that also can translate into making those throws on, on the seam or just those 10, 15-yard darts, making those more accurate. Because once you have that arm strength, you're more confident in your ability to make those throws. So it'll be really interesting to see. Um, one player, one other player I was wondering about at Pro Day is how did Terrell Bernard look? Uh, he looked good. Um, he did a – he was – he. Uh, there was this one drill they were running uh, where they were really working your hips and, and looking at how your, your torque and your motion. Uh, he did really solid in that. As far as running – uh, he he ran a he was low four four I want to say in the forty time, um, but man he just he looks like an NFL linebacker out there. I think once you get him into a system and you can add that bulk to him, uh, that's going to make him super dangerous. He's highly intelligent, and with David Randa, you know he has a history of developing defensive guys, but in particular those linebackers. And I think that the knowledge he's learned under Coach Aranda is really going to benefit him along with what he learned with Rule. I mean, this is a guy who, since he come out of high school, has been developed by elite coaching, and I think that's going to benefit him going forward. 
Yeah, definitely. I think he's projected as a later round draft pick right now. Um, but he might be able to outplay that because of the knowledge he's gained under Aranda, who's who has a knack for developing linebackers. Um, he seems like he has the the mental fortitude and the and the want, so he can develop into a guy. Maybe we'll see Matt Rule draft him or something. You know, never. I wouldn't. I would not put that past Matt Rule because he has a track record of bringing on former players, and that would be a hell of a fit. If you put him in that system and he's already comfortable with it, you know that would be a lot of fun. So it's something to keep an eye on. Um, But yeah, man, it was it was great to see those guys out there getting reps. It was great to see all of the scouts. It was a whole lot of fun. Shouts out to everybody at Baylor, David K and the crew. They all did an excellent job of setting it up. It, It was a great turnout, and it was. A lot of fun, man. But I'm looking forward to it. Now we, you know, you shift your focus to August. Uh, it was, I think it starts the 29th through the 31st is the draft. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. All eyes are going to be on Las Vegas, and let's see where those Baylor guys land, man. But coming up next, Pernay, it's the Final Four, man. We got a big weekend of football. We got one Big 12 team still in it. We got three teams that Baylor has faced. Oh, and we have the greatest rivalry in all of sports. We're going to get into that next here on the Bears Illustrated Podcast. into the final segment here of the Bears Illustrated Podcast. Garrett and Pernay with you. And man, I'm excited, dude. It, it, Final Four is finally here. March Madness is arguably the greatest sporting event there is. I know you're going to have football diehards out there. No, it's the Super Bowl. Man, the hell with that. We got a whole month of just elite sports going on, and it's a lot of fun. But are you surprised? Like, I don't know when we looked initially, the brackets come out. Gonzaga's, you know, everybody's on Gonzaga. They're, they're the team of destiny. It's finally the year for the Bulldogs. Overall number one seed. We see a lot of some upsets early on. I don't think anybody really expected, unless you're in Dade County, expected Miami to go on the run. They went on. Nobody saw St. Peter's coming. Like, nobody's seen nah. that. But at the end of the day, man... It's the Blue Bloods, and I think you can call Villanova a Blue Blood at this point. I think that Coach Jay Wright and them have finally solidified that stuff. Dude, this is like their fourth Final Four in six years. I mean, they it's insane what he's been able to do. But all that in consideration, when we start this weekend, are you surprised that it's Duke, it's North Carolina, it's Kansas, and it's Villanova still standing? First, I'll say I wouldn't call Villanova blue blood. Okay. I'll, give them, okay. I'll give them the new blood moniker. New blood. I, I like that. New more, blood. A couple more Final Fours, a couple more championships <laughs> to that blue blood name. Um, but I'm not I'm not too surprised with the results. I think Duke is a fairly chalk pick. I was off of Gonzaga since like week two. Gonzaga has been overrated the entire season. You can't lose Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert and then go back to the national championship no. game. <laughs> um, Kansas Kansas had a pretty easy road. They had probably the easiest region of all the one seeds. Um, Villanova was another two seed, and we're, we're never surprised anymore to see those guys make the Final Four. UNC is obviously this, the shocker. They're an eight seed. They they weren't great the entire season, but they were coming in very hot. They had won like seven of their last eight games, one at Duke. They have a really talented team that put it together late in the season. And once they knocked off Baylor, it was kind of clear that they were the best team in the region. Yeah, I mean, and I think not just knocking off Baylor, but... 
the I haven't seen a team do Baylor like that. I mean, Kansas did up in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it, it's been a long time since since somebody has taken Baylor to the woodshed the way North Carolina was doing it. And look, it, tremendous comeback, historic comeback. At the end of the day, I I just don't see Baylor getting back in that game if Brady Manick doesn't get ejected. He was, I mean, absolutely yeah. shooting flames out there. That dude was on fire. I. That being said, though, I think there's North Carolina. After watching them in person. I feel like, and, and and going along with what you're saying, how hot they are right now, I feel like they are kind of on a mission. And it's intriguing that you're going to meet up with Duke. And I feel like I, if you're just going off of teams, like we're taking coaches out of it, we're taking everything out of it, I like North yeah. Carolina. I, I do. But – it's bigger than that. It's you got to consider you go into Camden, you ruin Coach K's party. Um, you, you're you're meeting up for the first time ever in March Madness in the postseason with each other. I don't know how the hell that's happened. Like how you've never met before. Um, yeah, it, I, it's crazy. I just feel like with all of that, Duke has been waiting for this for weeks, and I'm afraid that. That's what's going to overcome this. It's not going to be about the players. It's going to be revenge for the Blue Devils. Is that you picking Duke? I, I, I think I gotta go. I want North Carolina. I do because they're a fun team. Uh, you know, they're a lot. Of, they beat Baylor. You know, so you want to see them go on and be the champion. But man, I, I feel like they got a long road to hoe when it comes to this rematch with Duke. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's just an intangible factor that it's Coach K's last season. But I will say that if you go down roster, like if you go down the rosters name by name, these names stack up very similarly. They have honestly a very similar amount of talent, even though Duke has more draft picks maybe. But at the college level, they they both have equally high talent. That matchup inside between Armando Baycott and Mark Williams is going to be so fun to watch. That's going to be a bruising battle. That'll be so entertaining, um, and then the guards—they—they all—they both have a bunch of really nice guards. Usually, when you see an eight seed make the final four, it's kind of like, all right, we made it, we did it, we made the final four, right? And they kind of just lay back. But this is Duke UNC, so I do not see UNC doing that. They're going to come out with a vengeance. They're going to want to beat Duke again and end Coach K's career. Um, and I actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with UNC. I think that they're just the hotter and better team right now. And I think they're both going to have the same desire to win this game. You know, and look, I'm, I'm all for that. I hope it happens. I really <laughs> do. Um, but with North Carolina, and I understand that their, their rotation, they've, they've knocked it down. So you're looking at probably six to seven players that max that coach Davis is going to go to. Um, Dukas has the, the depth on the bench that they can, you know, I think that benefits them. Um, but at the same time, I just I don't know, man. I, I just I feel like Duke has too much pride and there's too much on the line. I hope I'm wrong, man, but we'll see. On the other side, Kansas, I, I don't think we're anybody should be surprised the Jayhawks are where they're at. You mentioned it earlier. They had the the best path coming out of anybody that you could ask for, especially once Iowa, you know, took that L in the first round. Yeah. That really opened it up for them. I, I don't think and then that, Auburn in the second round. Yeah, I mean there, there was no way they weren't going to end up there. Um, Villanova, I'm still 
I, I still don't know what to make of the Wildcats. And I know it's I just feel the way Baylor embarrassed them. I, I have my perception is skewed. <laughs> I just can't I can't grasp what they're doing. But I know Coach Wright is a tremendous coach. Colin Gillespie, regardless of his terrible performance at Baylor, is one of the best players in the nation. He's one of the best guards in the nation. Um mm-hmm. The injury, though, I think that's really going to hamper what they can do against Kansas. All things considered, does Villanova have a chance, in your opinion, to beat the Jayhawks? They do have a chance just because they have Jay Wright, at head coach, who is one of the top three coaches in college basketball, in my opinion. And they have Colin Gillespie, who's a really good player. They're very fundamentally sound. They're the best free throw shooting team of all time by the numbers. They, they do everything right. At the margin, they do everything really well that they need to do well, but I don't think they will win because they're not they're not as athletic as Kansas. They're not as talented as Kansas, and with the Justin Moore injury, it's too much to overcome. Even if he was playing, I would pick Kansas because Kansas also is very well coached, and they also do mostly everything well. And every time their back's been up against the wall this season, they've come out and played really well and won when they've had to. I think that'll continue. They'll have Ochai Baji probably break out of his slump finally. Um, and they just have so many, so many good players that I think they're gonna win this game. Do you think this like this is where the week in, week out gauntlet of the Big Twelve is gonna come in and benefit Kansas? I I don't think if it's gonna benefit them like just by this game. But I think it's benefited them the entire season because it's gotten them to be really tough, to be physical. And I guess maybe it will because since Villanova does everything well and they play tough, this this could help Kansas overcome any obstacles that come their way. If like mentally, I guess, because if Villanova is just like doing everything, they're pressing on defense, they're making all their shots. Kansas can be like, well, we've seen this before. We can come out and we can still play against this and come back and win this game. Just last week, they were down at halftime and they came out and blew out Miami in the Elite Eight in the second half. So I guess I guess the gauntlet will help Kansas. All right, man. So Monday night, we're looking at it. We're watching TV. Who cuts down the nets? I'm going with... The North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina. All right. I like it, man. I hope North Carolina does as well. I, I really do. I'm going for the, the Tar Heels in this one. I, Brady Manick has really gained my respect. I, I always liked him. I thought he was kind of quirky. I love the, the Larry Bird doppelganger thing he had going on. You know, uh, But he has really developed his game. He's been a lot of fun to watch. And Baycott, I mean, they, they have a lot of talent there. Plus... Your first year under Hubert Davis, man. Like, what's your you're to this point? It's really cool to see, uh, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm interested to see. Uh, but you know, hey, only time will tell who's going to be our champion. Uh, it's crazy to think we're all man, Duke. And I really? hate to say that. I hate to say it. Just give me Duke. <laughs> I, I feel like it's the season of destiny. This is stuff that you couldn't have scripted if you were a 30 for 30 right <laughs> right like this is, it's you couldn't make this up so i, I i'm excited I, I think the blue devils do it but uh 
And you know, you know what else? You know what else was a season of destiny? What's that? Those twenty, those twenty fifteen Kentucky Wildcats, and you know where they lost <laughs> in the final four. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. That's a good point, man. That is a damn good point. That's funny. All right. What? So what are you working on right now? What, what can we expect coming up over the weekend for uh, people heading over to bearsillustrated.com? So I plan to have an article out about Kendall Brown's transition to the NBA and how his game will fit there. Um, and then I might have something out about this upcoming NFL draft or maybe Taekwon Thornton, who I'm really high on. Nice. Uh, today I'm going to head over to practice. Uh, the Bears are going to hit the field this evening. Uh, we usually get out there and get about 20 to 30 minutes of, of watching them. So I'm going to head over there and do that. Uh, we'll hit the press conference. That will take place at 6. I'm not sure who we're going to get today. Um, we've had offensive coaches and quarterbacks. We've had defensive line uh, last time out. So I'm not sure who we're going to get. Uh, but I will take that audio and I will put together an article. So I'll have that coming out either tomorrow morning or later this evening, depending on how the day unfolds. Um, but that's some of the stuff I've got coming out. Um, I'm, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Where can people find you on social media? On social media, I'm at Procurry on Twitter. Go go follow me. Look at my college basketball, college football, NFL tweets. And they're pretty cool. Nice. You can find me at underscore Garrett Ross on Twitter. I really don't be messing with other stuff. I just I stick to the tweets. That's all I, that I can get my information. Everything I need to do is right there on Twitter. But, yeah, you can find me there. Uh, that's all the time we have today. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to uh, bringing you more content soon. Don't forget, check out BearsIllustrated.com uh, for any of your news and notes regarding the Baylor Bears. For Pernay, I'm Garrett. This has been the Bears Illustrated Podcast.